0: I would love for people to get excited about Season 2 of Vindication. Uh If you haven't seen Season 1 yet, go look it up. It's it's not hard to find, not expensive. There's some free services where you can watch it, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it.
1: Welcome to the Film Fresh Podcast. My name is Jared Easley. Of course, the Film Fresh Podcast is the latest in clean, family-friendly, and faith-based entertainment. I'm one of your hosts, but it's not about me. When you have a Chester Goad as a fellow host. Hello, Chester. How are you?
2: Stop. (laughs) Yeah, right, Chester. You know you love it. (laughs) Oh, man. No, no, no. Jared, this is about Jared with an O today.
1: All right. Yeah, We can agree on that.
2: (laughs) All right. So we have Jared O'Flaherty here with us today. Jared is currently the director and producer for the streaming crime series Vindication. He's also known for My Son, and we were there. He's been active on the film festival circuit, and he's received some awards for that. He's also the owner of Fly Rock Media from all the way out in Texas. Welcome to Film Fresh, Jared.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Jared. Now, we kind of like to start out with a little icebreaker. So tell us something that recently made you laugh, made you, I don't know, snicker, a joke, a moment, a funny It could be heartwarming, too. Yeah, yeah, or heartwarming, if (laughs) if that's the direction you feel inclined. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, we need to hear stories like that with with yeah. 2020 and 2021,
1: don't yeah. we? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one.
0: It's got a little story to go but with it, but it's something that made me smile. So I'm a father of four. I have three girls. They're the oldest. They're all teenagers. And then I have a little boy that's younger. He's six years old. Now, for many years, uh, it looked like I was just going to be a dad to girls, which... Is obviously a blessing, and and would never complain about that, and have right. great relationships with them and love them. But I, I was holding out for a son, you know. You're a dad; you think <laughs> about somebody to throw the football and play war and all that sort of stuff. Well, my wife was certainly very satisfied with being just a mom to girls and not having to deal with the boys' stuff. But as time went on, God sided with me, and I, seven years after our youngest daughter was born, we uh, got surprised with a little boy. So. I got to experience new things where my house was full of purple and pink and Barbies and dolls. I started getting, you know, some camo and some tanks and sporting <laughs> equipment and those sort of things. And for something that, that makes me smile or has recently is I'll, I'll be sitting in my office working on Vindication on the series and my son's room is just around the corner and he'll be in there playing sometimes. And he's playing war or army or whatever. And I'll just stop and listen to the sound effects and dialogue that is coming out of this battle he's having in his room. You know, the, oh, no, here comes the bomb, you know, and all these blasts. And, oh, no, oh, hold on. Let's stop for lunch, you know, and just just the funniest things. And I just stop and smile and almost like I want to record this because I'm going to miss it someday. But I'm also thankful because there was a period of life that I thought I was never going to get to hear those sounds. Oh, wow. And yeah. I do. And I just love it. And I know it's not going to last forever, but it's it makes me smile. Just telling the story makes me smile about it. So, yeah, great.
2: congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. That's so funny. I was just this morning, I was talking with my wife and one of those little... Uh, uh, if you're on social media, sometimes the little things will pop up. It'll be like the memory of the day and so many years ago, whatever. And uh, the memory of the day today was my son actually playing Star Wars in his room with the laser. What are those called? The, you know, the the, the lightsabers. Yeah. The lightsabers. Yeah. 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 It was so cool. And, I, and then all of a sudden he says, wait, are you recording this? <laughs> 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 it was so much fun.
1: I only have a daughter, Jared. So uh, I've had to, uh, although uh, one of the Halloweens, my daughter dressed up as a Darth Vader princess, which believe it or not, mm. was a pink Darth Vader. And it was perfect. <laughs> so that that's as good as it gets. But let, let's I digress. Let's keep going.
2: That's excellent. All right. So let's talk for just a minute about you, Jared. Jared with an O. Mm-hmm. Your, let's talk about your filmmaking background. Tell us about you. What's your film school background or are you self-taught, formally taught? Where did you gain those filmmaking chops of yours?
0: Yeah. So I when I graduated from high school, I think I walked the stage on like a Saturday. That Monday, I started working in the IT department for a Fortune 500 great big corporation. I had done an internship there while I was in high school and started working there and that was always my preference. I thought whatever I do in my career, I don't want to have to sit in a classroom ever again. I want to be <laughs> out doing and I want to learn that way and I was blessed with this opportunity to be working in a company that had, you know, thousands of computers and things and doing IT and getting to learn on the job and it was, you know, that was my education. So I never had any formal education besides you know just public high school but that same summer our uh, youth group at church went to summer camp and I still since I just graduated was actually counted as a youth as opposed to a counselor so I went and as I'm there one of the other students with our church had a little video camera and it was just sitting in the bunks each day and I said hey can I use that I'm going to go out and film what's going on here at camp and for graduation I'd received a laptop and I thought you know I can go film what goes on this week at camp Go home. I can edit it together and, and show it at church on Sunday. Oh, nice. Parents. Cause, cause back then, you know, this is turn of the millennium, you know, cameras weren't like they are now on cell phones. You know, kids go off to camp. Parents didn't know what happened. They maybe saw right. some pictures. So here I was going to edit a video together. So I did that, came back, had a crazy weekend, put it all together. And then Sunday at church, I got to show this video from camp. And that was my first time, I think, to ever. Create something that then had an audience, and it was such a unique feeling and experience that I was getting to tell a story, tell the story of camp through audio and visual and music, and have this auditorium full of people just fixed on it and watching it. You know, and and that was really my start. I would say into entertainment and filmmaking.
2: That's so, awesome.
0: Or about the next decade, anytime our church would have an event, you know, I'd be the film guy for it, and I would do things and over time that moved into doing like some music videos and some scripted things, but that's really, it was on the job, you know, just on the fly learning how to tell these stories through opportunities at my church that have led to, you know, doing this series now.
1: Yeah. Nice. And congrats on that. Uh, Somehow that obviously led into the streaming show vindication. So I'd like to know where the idea for vindication come from and what makes it different?
0: Yeah. So the idea originally uh, vindication was just going to be a single short film. What you see now as our first episode is that original short film Vindication was not a series it was beginning and end all in one episode. And the idea came about I was I don't watch a whole lot of TV especially not crime dramas and my wife was watching one though and at the beginning of every episode they show you the crime you know the victim what happened you know we found a body or we found some evidence or and then they spend the rest of the episode solving that crime. And I just kind of made the comment to her. I said, you know, all these use the same formula. They show you the crime and then they go solve it. What if there was one where you didn't even know what the crime was until the end of the episode? So you're Mm -hmm. seeing the investigation and it's kind of laying out pieces of information. And then at the end, you find out what the crime was. And then you know everything you have seen kind of comes up. So, you know, hey, let's make it a little more interesting. Do something different because all these crime shows are doing the exact same thing. So, you see that in the first episode of Vindication, is that's how the story is told. You don't know what the crime is from the beginning. You're kind of following the investigation up to the moment of the crime being revealed. And once we had done that, you know, we did a festival circuit you mentioned in the intro. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the very end of that, we got a little distribution deal and someone came back and said, Hey, we want to see some more episodes of this. What more episodes? That was just that was the whole thing. And they're like, No, no, the detective could he maybe go on and do some other cases? So that's what gave birth to the series is a request for another episode. Then it turned into two more and then it turned into a season. And now it's turned into a second season.
2: I really love that. That's actually pretty exciting because I'm, I'm I actually I'm working on a short film right now that should be finished anytime soon. And I love the idea of a short film being taken and turned into an episodic. So. What was the the process like that for taking a short film into becoming an episodic like that, were you was it someone you were networked with through the film festival circuit or how did that come about
0: Well as I mentioned our distributor okay. I didn't think that there was really a market for short films when mm-hmm. we had done the festival circuit and at one of these festivals where it had won a couple of prizes there was a distributor there that was a sponsor they said, hey, what are your plans for this? And we were just going to put it on YouTube, but you know it would have gotten buried in all of the noise sure. out there and probably never seen. So it's like, yeah, well, why not have a company that's going to try to get it out there? And they were able to get some streaming deals. There's lots of family-friendly, faith-friendly services out there that are desperate for content. They want new content to be mm. able to present to their audience. So Vindication fit in well. And then I guess it did well on those streaming services. And it was those partners, those services that came back and said, You know, can we get some more of these? We'd we'd like to keep delivering this to our audience so that, you know, a lot of those negotiations and making those things happen weren't, you know, they weren't happening on my desk. It was other people doing it and they just came to me and and for the creative side.
1: So, Jared, what platforms are you on right now and how did you go about getting on those platforms? Did you find that streaming platforms are better options for faith-based content? What's your take?
0: Yeah, so our first episode, you know, I told you it was a short film. It went out in a few different places by itself before it turned into a series. So it it was on you know DVD and, and a handful of streaming platforms across the the US and even the world. When we released the full series, it was on Amazon Prime was our primary distribution partner, and they, because of our distributor having a, a business relationship with them, they were able to get it on the service, you know, free on Amazon Prime for a while. Unfortunately, though, Amazon over the last several years has been pretty harsh on independent filmmakers as far as their royalty program. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're a big company and have big name, you know, superhero stuff, come on to Prime, we'll reward you well. But if you're an independent, you're going to see pennies back. So even though we had lots of people watching it and it was able to reach a broad, broad market on the financial side, there were just no options. So that's when some other services, Inspiration TV, Redeem TV, Pure Flix, a whole bunch of international ones as well. Came in and said, Hey, take it off of Prime and come jump over to our service. You know, we'd, we want to see you keep making these. So maybe financially we can help collaboratively, all of us, you know, help get you to a point that these can keep, keep happening.
2: That's excellent. That's how I watched it actually was on Amazon Prime. So how are you casting for Vindication? Like, do you specifically cast people who are like known to be Christians or faith based actors, or do you audition and just kind of take whoever the best turns out to be?
0: Yeah, a little of both. You know, we definitely in season two, you're going to see some people show up that are known to faith audiences. Uh They have been in films and featured roles that have done very well at the box office. And we do have some of them because we know who our audience is. And we'd love them to see characters and actors and actresses that they enjoy and have have seen in other films. So we certainly do that. And typically for the majority of them, we we don't go through an audition process. It's more of, hey, will you come be a part of Vindication? They like that, you know. (laughs) It's enticing that, okay, I don't have to audition. Uh, Others do audition. So we certainly have that aspect of it. Um, but then there are also, uh, I've just finished in the last 12 hours, you know, an open casting process for six or seven roles in season two. And it's, you know, all over the place, whether it's on social media or on some of the casting services that are out there, accepting in submissions. We go through them, decide who we want, ask them to tape. They submit tapes. And now we're in the process of going through those.
2: Very cool. I have to tell you, I was actually watching Vindication and I realized early the episode, I want to say it was four of season one, Thomas Scott was on there. And I've actually did a project with Thomas Scott. It's not been released yet, but that was just really cool to see Thomas <laughs> in there. And he did a great job, by the way. So,
0: yeah, he did. Yeah, he's great. He's been great to work with. And there's even opportunities for his character to come back. We've kind of, oh, I hope so. Work, work at Here Repair. I don't know if you noticed in that episode also, Ashley Bratcher was in that episode, and that was before she was a part of the film Unplanned, which which had some oh, wide yeah, viewership. Oh, yeah, that's right. Very cool. Yeah, she was in that film and and got a lot of national attention, but she had done Vindication first and is actually in that same episode with Thomas. Nice.
1: Do you have other projects in the works, or are you just focused primarily on having the first or one of the first Christian crime investigation series?
0: Yeah, man, this is, this is all encompassing. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) it requires a lot of effort and energy. You know, doing a season is probably the equivalent of three, maybe more, you know, three feature films kind of all at the same time. Sure. So it really takes a lot of focus and energy. I have one or two ideas for other projects that when vindication does conclude that I might want to explore if the opportunities are, are open, you know, if there's, there are opportunities available. But this one is pretty much the only thing I've got going on at the time just because it's it's so big.
2: Sure. So is there anything you want to add to like changing gears just a little bit? Is there anything you I want to add to like how you got started in entertainment? Did you you mentioned your the church background, which I think is very common for a lot of people. A lot of creatives start out in church, but in entertainment in general, did you have you done any entertainment that is not faith based? It's just sort of outside of the scope of faith based entertainment.
0: I would say, you know, you'd mentioned the documentary I did called "We Were There." It's not mm-hmm. yes. you know, strictly faith-based. It's a retelling of World War II stories from veterans that I did yes. in around 2011, when most of them were 90s and and were really fading fast. And my grandfather is one of them. That's where the idea came about. Hey, I'm going to go capture some of his stories. And
2: oh, that's you know, so it, important. Yeah, that's yeah, great.
0: yeah. And I'm glad I did. And lots of other people, just within the last, probably around Christmas time, someone reached out from California. They were like, "Hey." You know, you filmed my grandfather for that show. Do you have like the raw footage? Cause you know, we've missed him for years Mm -hmm. now and would just love to hear his voice again. So I was able Uh to send them that footage of their grandfather. So there are faith elements in there in that show, but it's not strictly, you know, pointing to Christ. The entire project, it's retelling a piece of history, which we can learn a lot from. So I've done that. You know, I've done in my, when I was doing the church stuff, I was also doing a lot of football stuff and not like high school football, but. A bunch of guys getting out in a park and playing tackle football with no pads, and people getting knocked unconscious, old and fingers getting <laughs> dislocated, and you know, I would shoot these and then edit them together like a highlight reel with music. And we had a website with stats and all those sort of things. So I, <laughs> I did that uh, for fun, and you may even see some of that appear in Vindication season two. Not that old footage, but a little bit of that history. Oh, uh, I love Vindication. it, Vindication.
1: So, Jared, I'm curious, how intentional has your involvement been in creating clean entertainment? Well, I became a Christian
0: in my teenage years. It wasn't so much of this is what I've always done, so I'm going to start following. It was I had gone down my own path and really needed to be rescued, and that's where I found Christ. So it was, it was a big deal and a big thing to me. And sharing my testimony after that and following and just being obedient after what Christ did for me was a big thing. So when it comes to making entertainment, that's that's number one in my life. So that's what I want to tell stories about. Mm-hmm. Now, don't know if that sounds cheesy or not. Is just the truth. Like, I, oh, I don't, I don't think
2: that's cheesy at all. No, I think that's I think that's a great answer. I'm curious yeah. though. What do the terms family friendly or quote clean mean to you? Because I know as somebody who is kind of trying, I'm kind of on the outskirts of all of this and have been pursuing stuff for a while. I know that you know when I read about you know this is going to be family friendly. This is going to be clean. People have different notions even of what that means. So I'm just curious as for you, when you hear family friendly, what does that mean from you as a Christian uh, creator, faith based creator, director, producer?
0: Yeah. When I hear family friendly, to me, there are a handful of, I guess, visuals and mm-hmm. words and a few other things that would not be in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there are a few that are blacklisted that are in the, the no go zone that you keep out of that, you know, that that to be mm-hmm. family friendly, you just know it's not going to have that. But we know it's a sliding scale as you get away from those items of what can still be considered family friendly. And I think everyone has a different standard for that. And it's hard to match everyone's standards. If your family consists of a five year old, a three year old and a two year old family friendly for you is going to be different than someone who has. Three teenagers, you know, you know. For me, as far as my approach as a parent, some parents don't want their children to see the ugliness of the world and of sin and those sort of things. They want to shelter them as long as possible. I've always taken the approach of I want my kids to know that sin exists, and I want them to know that there's ugly stuff out there, so that that way they're not shocked. But as far as our entertainment is concerned, I don't want things that glamorize it and make it look appealing and Mm -hmm. fun. And oh, yeah, this is that. So. Again, to answer your question family friendly, I think there's definitely some things that are off limits. You couldn't ever put that in a in a show or film and tell people it's family friendly if it has those things in it. I don't think we need a list of them we can all Right, sure. We can all pretty much guess what a few of those are. <laughs> and then as it as it comes back from there, you know, there you reach varying degrees of what is family friendly for most people.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, true. I got a question, Jared. At what in your opinion is the happy medium if there is one? for content creators, for people out there who are, who are going to be involved in mainstream everyday Hollywood, but their their goal is also to be family-friendly.
0: You know, the word that we have used a lot with vindication, I mean, you'd mentioned, you, you know, you've watched the show, it deals with some heavy topics, mm-hmm. you know, some things that that surface value don't appear to be family-friendly even, you know, they're heavy topics. But the word that we always go back to and one that I focus on when I'm doing these is making them tasteful. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as drawing the line, you know, is something done tastefully can really be a nice gauge in the world of, of is this something you want to be a part of? You know, there could be a script that comes across or even a scene that maybe is uncomfortable, but is it going to be tastefully done? That's kind of how I always gauge things. You know, it's now what that means may be different for different people again, but that's what I always look to. Is this going to be tastefully done? Does it have a purpose? You know, one of my standards, and I mentioned it already, is I don't like sin being glamorized. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing I you won't see in vindication, and I don't ever want to be a part of. There's some shows that I've watched that I'm a fan of, that I have T-shirts of that. They have some foul language. They may have some scenes that push the boundaries a little bit, but they are never glamorize sin and they right, show it right. for what it is. You know, when you make a bad choice, it ends up coming back to bite you. And right?
2: Not, yes. You know,
0: you know, it's not the happy moment when oh the couple meets and then the very next scene they're waking up next to each other and uh, you know. That's a glamorizing sin, in my opinion, is saying, oh, this is the way things are supposed to work. So, but yeah, being tasteful, I think that's one way to look at it. There's a lot of other things because that can get into a gray area as well. Well,
2: Let's talk about production and working, you know, set life and things like that. I can definitely, honestly, tell a difference a lot of times in, in people's approach and whether they're trying to be more family friendly and things like that. But so set life in general, the production process, is there for you is there or should there be a noticeable difference in set life or the production process when there's a commitment to being clean or family friendly i mean what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah that that's a great question i don't come from a film background you've heard me i've never been on a film set that i wasn't running that wasn't one of mine so i hear gotcha. stories about what goes on on other sets and uh, what i hear many 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 times from cast and crew wow i love being on vindication set this was like so awesome and to me what happens on other sets? Like, what, <laughs> what, what are we doing different? You know, now our, our leading actors and actresses are believers. Our cinematographer is a believer. Our sound engineer is I am. I think that makes a difference that when you have that structure in place, the backbone of people who Christ is, is the most important thing in their lives. I think that permeates throughout the crew. Now I do, I will work with people who aren't uh, believers. It's not sure. a test. There have even been people that have, We'll call it alternative lifestyles. Uh, mm-hmm. People who have very different, you know, atheistic belief, whatever it sure. may be. And I've been happy to have them on set because I want them to leave and go. Man, I really enjoyed being. on That was on a cool that.
2: experience. Yeah, that
0: vindication set. That was awesome. You know, now does that mean having some of those people on set that a uh, a word may fly through the air every once in a while? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had those happen, and usually. Those of us on set who are Christians and been around, we kind of look at each other and kind of smile and smirk. But it's just a reminder of who's around, you know, that we have everyone there. But as far as there being a difference and because of the content we're making, I I don't know, because I haven't been on a a horror film or an explicit film set before. So I don't know what it's like there. I just know I want everyone at the end of the day to leave and say... I felt comfortable, I felt appreciated and that was a great set to be on.
2: Well, that sort of goes into my part two of the question was, you know, how do you personally how do you stay grounded and committed to clean entertainment? How do you personally handle, you know, staying dedicated and committed to yourself?
0: That part is tough. You know, it'd be nice for me to say, "Oh, I'm just prayed up all the time and I'm right <laughs> where I need to be." And that's unfortunately not the case, you know. I have seen God correct that sometimes for me if that even registers what I'm saying. Let me mm-hmm. let me give you an sure. example. There was an episode that we had a kissing scene written into the script, you know? And it was the first time we were doing that. And I was kind of nervous about it. And how, you know, uh provocative is it gonna be and how intense is this kissing scene gonna happen, you know? And uh like the day before or not the day before, hours before we were gonna shoot that, this was during COVID time and I'd kind of talked with everyone. We all knew where the COVID sensitivities live one of the actors came up and was like hey, are we, are we still doing that kissing scene? Like, uh, I didn't know if that was still happening with the COVID and stuff. And I'm like, are you not comfortable with it? You know, it was kind of a weird conversation to have an hour before we're shooting it. But uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I actually wasn't. I didn't think we were still doing this. So, okay, we won't do it then. And I look back and I just think, you know, maybe that wasn't something that needed to be in that episode or at that moment. And I think God just kind of stepped in and made that decision for me. You know, yeah. of it didn't need to be there. So. I've certainly seen those happen. I have a good team around me, uh, whether it be my wife or uh, some of our other production crew that just make sure things stay grounded, What you say is as far as being family-friendly. And I, mm. I don't want to get embarrassed. I don't want to do anything that these people that have come down this long road with me on this series that they go, Hey, Jared, why are you doing that? I don't, I don't really know if that's what we need in this series. Oh, so good. there's that level of accountability there you know, that you don't want those around you to be concerned. So it certainly helps uh, from all those different angles.
1: All right. So we talked about just briefly what I like to call the aha moment of kind of how you got into what you're doing. But let's, for a moment, let's think about like onset or in one of your projects, the uh oh moment. Can you describe an uh oh moment? <laughs> Man, was this in my uh,
0: <laughs> I didn't know about that one. So, <laughs> oh, there, and there have been plenty of those. I think I try to blot those out of memory so that I, uh, <laughs> there's got to be a good one.
1: <laughs> it's and only there's happy not, dots, that's okay.
0: Not uh oh moments. Uh, you know, this is typical production stuff, but we had one day that was a very, very busy day, multiple locations, and we were shooting at an apartment complex. And I mean, we had emailed, called everything ahead of time that we're going to be there. And I mean, we had a full crew, we had cast members, we had off-duty police, everything. We show up in that apartment complex, there's nobody to be seen anywhere uh, in the office. And we start calling the phone numbers we have, straight to voicemail, nothing, nothing, nothing. And you know, you're spending thousands of dollars mm-hmm. per hour. You know, uh, somewhere in that range, maybe more. And everybody's just sitting around, going, "What do we do?" And it's, you know, it got to the point where our our off duty officer was knocking on doors at the apartment. Hey, do y'all know the people that <laughs> run this place? But eventually, someone did show up later. But it was an oh no moment. Like, what happens <laughs> now? You know? And we where ever everybody?
2: The- I mean, where where were they?
0: I don't, I don't know. But, oh, it's, I went to sleep and forgot oh, about man. it. So. I'm sorry. And, you know, they came up and got us open. We ended up going late that night too, because of mm-hmm. the delays. So yeah, that was an uh-oh moment. I could, give me a minute. I could probably come up with some others, but we, <laughs> could, we can keep moving. <laughs>
2: That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> hey, we have this little rapid fire session we want to do. want to see how this goes. You're going to be a first rapid fire so basically we'll, we'll give you a question or we'll give you two choices and you just answer just as, as quick as you can. So, okay. All right. So rapid fire. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. Favorite cartoon or animated show as a child?
0: Uh, Batman, the animated series.
1: Okay. Right. Two options. Choose one. We have Cheerios versus frosted flakes. Cheerios.
2: Going With to the Sugar movies on or watching a movie.
1: Did you say going to the
0: movies or watching a movie?
2: Yeah, like at home.
0: Oh, yeah, watching at home.
2: Ice okay. drink or hot drink? Ice drink. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles? Beach <laughs> or the mountains?
0: Ugh, i say neither. I'm a homebody.
2: No, gotcha. <laughs> Texting or calling? Ooh, uh, calling. Dogs or cats? Dogs. WWE or boxing?
0: Oh, that's a... Uh, can I say WWF from the 80s? Yeah, that's actually yes, that's what I had. Before and I, it I know out. those
1: <laughs> old guys. I know them old schoolers. Yeah, I don't fanboy often, but when I see a classic wrestler, yeah, I get excited.
2: Yeah, the old school. <laughs> you do, WF. Jared, don't you? I really do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: rick Flair. About yeah.
2: <laughs> Summer or winter? Winter. Couch or recliner? Couch. Bungee jumping or skydiving?
0: That's probably another neither, but I'll say skydiving.
2: Okay. (laughs) Nice. Hey, well done.
1: You passed. Um, We we always like to start to close out with a couple questions. And of course, one of them uh, is more serious, you know, coming from the uh, speed round there. But what's a favorite scripture? What's a scripture you can leave with the audience? Uh, Maybe something that's encouraging or something that's uh, been meaningful to
2: you. Uh,
0: How about Micah 7-7? I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for uh, God, my Savior. Uh, My God will hear me.
2: Mm, I love that. I love that reminder. That.
0: I can recite that a million times. I think I messed it up right there, but you put me on the spot. <laughs> but look it up. It, it, it's very close to that.
2: You've inspired us all to go look it up, Jared. Like
0: a 7-7. Seven, seven. It's a good one.
2: <laughs> that is good. Very, very good. What else you got going on or what's something you'd like to share or leave everybody with today?
0: I would love for people to get excited about Season 2 of Indication. Right. If you haven't seen Season 1 yet, go look it up. It's, it's not hard to find. Not expensive. There's some free services where you can watch it and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. And then you get pumped for season two because we want lots of people to see it. I think people are going to enjoy it. It's much more like a series. You know, we've got storylines interwoven all throughout. Uh, there's a bigger message. We've got some great actors, guest stars showing up. So, yeah, I would just love people to check out season one. We're very proud of it. But we've got more to come a season two on the way.
2: Fantastic. Jared O'Flaherty, we want to thank you for coming on Film Fresh with us. Uh, we're excited about what you're up to. And that you're creating content that families can enjoy together. Uh, we want to wish you the very best. We'll be praying for you. we praying for the next season, and we can't wait to see what comes next from you.
0: Hey, it's been fun. I was smiling the whole time. I don't know oh, if you awesome. could hear it in my voice, but I was smiling. This is a fun <laughs> one.
1: I, I hope we can still be friends. <laughs> that's my question. <laughs> <that's my point. laughs> Thank you so much, Jared. Yeah, y'all have a good one.